Don't blame Amtrak, blame Congress. This is the Focus Group. It's the savvy side of 9 to 5. Listen. Bueller. 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 Laugh. (laughs) And learn. Negotiation. This is what you do in business. This is the Focus Group with Tim Bennett. S-T-A-U-N-C-H. And John Nash. Keep your clothes looking neat and clean. We're all business. Except when we're not. Oh, no, that's, you were calm. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Focus Group. I didn't change. John said he liked my shirt. This was an old homecoming shirt from my college, Marietta. And I'm late, and we're all late, because I was on an Amtrak train since, well, a while. The the infrastructure broke down because of, uh, it's the first humid day here on the East Coast, and there was a 1,500-volt fluctuation, so the trains were kind of coming and going. And then uh, a microstorm came through near Edison, New Jersey. Microburst. And, of course, a tree fell on the wires, and then there was a fire. So my train that usually gets in at 11 got in at 1. And here we are. And everybody was complaining, and we had some bigwigs on the train from Amtrak. And everybody was complaining, and a lot of people were. But I said, you know what? Don't yell at Amtrak. Yell at Congress. Because this infrastructure thing that everybody's talked about for a long time is an issue. And uh, until it just crumbles to where we can't move around, particularly in the Northeast, because we subsidize the rest of you people, I'm going to say it. <laughs> Someone is. Anyway, that's. Dukes are up. I'm, I'm irritated. I read all this nonsense, particularly it's June Pride. Hi, John. Happy Pride. You know, yeah, people, good to see. People in Alabama and all these other places bitching and moaning about stuff, and all of our tax money go down to you welfare states. And then we've got a, you know, I can't get to New York on the train. I know first world problems. Hey. You and I are not immune to the Amtrak problems. On our old platform, there was one day I show up at the studio. It was, I believe it was winter. And our old producer, Katie, says, oh, Tim's, Tim's going to have to call in from the train and do part of the show from the train. And I'm like, why? And then you called. So we had like 20 minutes before. And I'm like, what's going on? The train's sitting. We hit a ref- an empty refrigerator. A refrigerator. A refrigerator. <laughs> Put a refrigerator on the track. So that, that became this whole thing of how did a refrigerator get on the track? How did a refrigerator even get near the track, right? I get, I, you know, I get wound up. Anyway, hello. Hi, boys in the booth. Garrett and, Garrett and Steve are there. That's a good one. We have Garrett and Steve, our problem solvers. They've been, they've been navigating today. They've solved all our problems, basically. I was thinking maybe you guys should order pizza. I was waiting. <laughs> no, when I came in, Garrett was finishing what looked like a delicious sandwich. And I really? think Steve had Garrett lunch has good too. food. Do you make it, Garrett, or you buy it? Well, I didn't make food this week because I was out for Father's Day, but usually I make food on Sunday and bring it in, yeah. Okay. Garrett, Garrett I didn't know that. Do you really do that for most days of the week? Yeah, I usually just cook everything Sunday and bring it, you know, make enough for. That's he a usually smart has thing. a like a sack of boiled eggs he brings. That's <laughs> really it. He doesn't. He's not a big time cook. Because those always smell good after a couple of days. <laughs> then I just microwave some fish and. You know, the minute you microwave fish, the microwave is toast. <laughs> it just, I don't know about fish. I'm, you know. There was a rule in a building I lived in in Minneapolis that you could not, they, they said you could not cook fish. Was that a there was a loft, yeah, because it would stink up other places, so purposely I would do that. And broccoli was another one. They didn't want broccoli steamed. They were a whole list of rules of which you could cook and not cook because it would smell up the place. And this is an apartment you rented? Uh, Minnesota nice. And you had to follow these weird rules, huh? I didn't follow them. <laughs> I didn't. I mean, I, I, I would steam broccoli, but I, you know, I didn't make fish a lot. I would buy fish, but I, or I eat fish out. I usually tried to eat fish out. So are we approaching, is this weekend Pride New York 
or is it the no, it's, it's next the week. last, it's the last Sunday. weekend? Okay, it's the last. I thought so. I, I used to think it was the third Sunday, but it's the last Sunday, last full weekend of the of the month. Of the month. I would think you're all prided out here. I mean, this is nonstop. Train stations decked out, rainbows, rainbow colors. Philly's inviting you down. I don't know what train they're on. They're saying it takes 90 minutes to get there. <laughs> People in Visit Philly, you got that wrong. It's 80 minutes. Today was an unusually bad day, and it's been a long time since something like this weird double whammies happened. You, you double whammied. I mean, it's like, it's like, what was that game show we used to watch? Pressure luck. The whammy? Yeah, the whammy. Thing. I didn't like that. Remember show. that little gremlin would come up? It was pressure luck, right? Yeah. And and so you got you got to the train station. They had power down. You get on the train. Tim, call, I, we're on the phone. He's like, train's pulling. Out. I said, Are you sure you want to get on the train? I said, You could do, you know, go, you know, go home and do Skype. And you're like, No, it's pulling in. <laughs> and then you were flying, flying, and then the micro burst happens. Well, it was full of Amtrak bigwigs too, all in suits and on phones, and a lot of other conductors because we were the first Amtrak train to get going out of Trenton. And so I figured, I mean, we were the fastest I've ever seen this train go. We were moving, and then boom, dead stop. So now there's fire. <laughs> it's like Eastern Europe, pre war. So, anyway, back to Pride. Um, I haven't, I've seen a lot of stuff, but I haven't participated in a lot of things myself. But a lot of organizations are doing things. You and I actually are going to be next week presenting some of the focus group to uh, an uh, upfront kind of thing. Right. As part of a media week. I was wondering what, uh, I've seen a lot of posts on Facebook too about different events going on, but. Um... I don't know. I have friends that went, a number of friends that went to Pride events in the last few years, and they're not going this year because they said, in New York, they had said the last couple of years it was not as billed. In other words, they paid a lot of money for tickets to see concerts and see things, and they'd get there, and it didn't necessarily pan out the way they wanted. So oh, I was oh, surprised okay. that they weren't going this year because I thought if all years to go, the 50th anniversary of Stonewall probably would be the, the time Big to, one, right? to attend. And these are people from out of town. So it's expensive. If you come up here for a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, because a lot of events are Sunday afternoon, yeah. right? So I think it's three or four night hotel room. That alone could be what four or five hundred dollars a night for a decent hotel room. Easy. I mean, you're not going to get away with spending less than two fifty a night. I think, right? I don't know if you can Especially find it. Summer, let us know. Summer rate. I mean, yeah. you know, if you, you're competing with everybody and that's coming over from doing all their vacationing and stuff, yeah. Um, I was going to take, you know, when we had Keith on a few weeks ago when you were doing your speech in Boston, I think I was going to take up Keith's recommendation of theater. You know, this is a good month to do a lot of theater. And in fact, he sent me a note that there was a, a show he profiled when he was on called Camp Wood. Is that, um, camp, yeah, Camp, uh, I saw that on. Morning Wood, Camp yeah. Morning Wood. So he went to see the show and he said to me, he goes, uh, entertaining, fun, it's off Broadway. Yeah, I guess that's a code word for it's off Broadway. Off Broadway. <laughs> I don't know what that, you know, I don't want to take of that. But he said, if you want to get tickets, let me know. And I think I might want to take Bob to see that. Off-Broadway theater in Manhattan is like superstar theater in any other town, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, off, totally. Off and it could be really fun yeah. shows. Keith, by the way, sent a note. He, and I saw it yesterday on Facebook, he was featured in a MasterCard ad. That's I saw it on Facebook too. Yeah, and he's he, one he of three posted, people they interview, yeah, right? Talking about acceptance and and uh, and uh, it's a great spot. I'll post it to our Facebook site and our, at Focus Group Radio, so you can can take a look at it. But uh, he was delighted. He said it's the first time somebody's talked to him for who he was. 
That's what he. That, that, Other than us here in the focus group, <laughs> I saw it in my feed. Now you know Tim knows that I don't go to my Facebook feed too often. In fact, because you didn't invent it, you only go places you found first. You know, I'll, which I agree with. I'll take I'll take that because I just you know so I went to the feed the the feed whatever this thing is right it's not me but it's all the all your little notes feed and I see the post by Keith and I didn't I didn't click to watch the video but I did read the headline that it's finally someone is showing me for me and then I started scrolling down and I oh there's so and so I'll like that picture I'll like this twenty minutes go by I've said this before it. I suddenly, I look at my watch, I'm like, whoa, whoa, what have I just done? I've clicked a bunch of thumbs up. I've seen a couple of pictures. I don't know. Oh, I do know for me, I think it's a colossal waste Does of Bob time. Does Bob go on? No, no. Oh. Bob. Actually, Bob is so rarely on Facebook that when he puts a post or an update, it gets all these likes because he's he's like, it's like a little thing popping up. Like, you know, it pops away and goes <laughs> There's for a it. friend of mine, there's a serial poster, similar to what Ruben was like on Twitter. And um, he just disappeared. <laughs> And some people actually were searching obits in his town because nobody had heard from him. They thought maybe he died. I laughed. Really? Yeah. There were a couple of people that said, oh, my God, I can stop looking at the obits. I figured you died. <laughs> he would post probably 15, 20 things a day, and then it just stopped. He's like, nah, I took a break. Was I talking to you about this weird thing um, about obituaries the other day? The New York Times ran an obituary of someone who died a year or two ago, famous author who worked that. with Saul Bellow. And the only reason they did the obituary was because they keep a file of famous people or, or you know, I, I guess first, second and third tier, you know, really yeah. famous, kind of famous, somewhat, you know. <laughs> it's like Bob Barker's has been done for the last 20 years. All right, ready All to go. Ready, ready to go. Just got to put the date. So they were going through, they were, they were going through their files and they called this guy's nephew or son. I think it was their nephew. And he said, oh, no, no, no. He passed away uh, a, over a year and a half ago in London. <laughs> and when they wrote the obituary, they simply said, um, Depending on who you are, where you live, and how connected you are, you could still pass away and people might not even know it. So to this whole thing about the person who was a serial Twitter tweeting yeah. all the time, they disappear, I don't have to check the obits. You never know, right? Well, I, don't, I thought that there was something where you had to. I, I think death notices get... They do get published. Automatically published. But there's somebody I know that passed away and I, I cannot find an obit anywhere. And I was wondering, do you have to do an obit? No. So notice, this, of, so the, notice of death is a legal requirement for, that's it. for closing the estate, I would imagine. But yeah, I don't, I don't think have to that, publish an obit, huh? No. And in fact, a lot of funeral homes, uh, if people have a wake or something like a traditional, right. they'll put a, a memory page up that serves as the obituary. That I, I've had, you and I have done this where we haven't heard from somebody in a, like, I wonder what, I wonder who is doing what, tap, 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 and then like, oof. Like I did that three years ago, I, an old friend from many, many years ago. I thought, I wonder what he's up to. Obituary pops up and yeah. died, had died a year earlier. But it was, it was actually one of those ones that was done by the funeral home. It wasn't like. Hmm. Well, on that happy note, what, what <laughs> caught your eye this week? What caught your eye? Here's what Tim and John found. I've got a fun one. We're going to, we're going to, the ship is righted. We're sailing ahead. This thing, there's a, a, an online ticket service that, that did a, they did a study. And basically it's this, how does the music you listen to affect your sexual preferences, attitudes, and fetishes? Oh. To find out, this organization surveyed 1,010 people, all who enjoy listening to music and are sexually active. I mean, those are the criteria. And apparently they 
had this thing where if you were taking the survey, they would throw in a question now and then. They called a ringer. If you didn't answer it fast enough or you didn't answer it all, they, you were rejected because that means you weren't paying attention to the survey. So uh, for starters, would you be kicked out of that survey? Well, First question. It's like when it's like when you took your when you took your online was it your GMAT? You fell asleep at the keyboard because you just got back from Tokyo. Why? Time out. Time out. Time out. Read a story on dinosaurs. And got a zero. <laughs> Top of the charts. Music fans satisfied with sex life. So one of the graphics shows this this chart, and Steve, you could blow it up. It's hard to read. 57% um, of sexually active people were satisfied with their sex life. Now, for starters, let's just pause there for let's pause there for a second. What does that mean? The other percentage is is not happy, or they're not completely. Listen, content? I think 57 is pretty high. <laughs> That's what they said here. Boys are nodding yes. Okay, so in terms of sexual satisfaction coupled to music country music fans are the most likely to say they're satisfied with their sex life pop music fans on the other hand were least likely to be satisfied in the bedroom one hypothesis is that pop music skews toward a younger demographic who may have yet to develop a clear understanding of sexual satisfaction but they had heavy metal in there alternative rock classical rock classical music yeah so what did that one say about hip-hop john Hip hop and rap fans hip -hop are least and likely rap. to give oral sex. Is that what that says? That says. What do you all think of that? Do you like hip hop, Garrett? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know me. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, the great thing about uh, Garrett and Steve is they listen, and then when they chime in, it's really right on target. That was good. Okay. Uh, moving along, there is genres of sex, and this is favorite sexual positions. I'm not sure if I put this graphic in or not. By far, respondents' favorite sexual position was doggy style. No, I didn't put that graphic in. Um, it was doggy style, which was favored 36% of the time. Most fans, here we go, most fans of doggy style, however, were also fans of hip-hop and rap. In fact, over 40% of hip-hop rap fans said their favorite position was doggy style, a higher percentage than any other genre studied. Pop fans particularly took to the missionary style. And last but not least, on mutual music, and that was the graphic that uh, Steve had up a second ago, life, sex life by similarity to partner's music taste. So this is where they look at your compatibility. Sharing musical tastes, as it turns out, may lead to mutual sexual attraction and enjoyment. Nearly 80% of people with similar musical tastes to their partner were satisfied with their sex life, compared to just 43.6 of those with different music tastes. Frequency of sex was also impacted when partners enjoyed similar music. So if you liked the same kind of music, you probably enjoyed having sex more and you had more sex. Where did you find this? Well, it was all, it was the, uh, Reader's Digest? <laughs> no, it's real. And then last but not least, I thought this was fascinating, but they had this thing about AirPods. Oh. 17% of Apple AirPod owners had sex while wearing them. <laughs> so, you know, you got to think about that for a second, right? Like, they fall out of my ears when I'm just talking. How could you have sex with them on? <laughs> well, you know, honey, I'm going to I'm going to tune you out. You'd put on your music. And see, that was the disc. They, they, and they actually said in the research that, that, that the couples that wore headphones, specifically AirPods during sex, they were listening to different music. I thought the whole thing was about 
being in the moment, you know, you're playing your song, whatever. But that that was my that was caught my eye. Little stats on Do people music. have sex during music. Is that a thing? But, 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 but. Listening to music? Yeah. Do you have sex when you're listening to music? Uh, or like one of Luther Vandross? <laughs> there we go, Luther Vandross. <laughs> I guess my I guess my mom would be Lou Rawls. You'll never find <laughs> ding 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 a love as strong as my or what or Burt Bacharach. Yeah. <laughs> I think when you were, when I was younger, it was more of a thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. But now it's like who cares? Yeah. What also, I've s- never heard of people putting in AirPods and having sex. No, that's crazy. That's batshit. Yeah, I don't know. Well, it was all, you know, Steve, to your point, it was only 17%. So it's still a lot, 17 out of 100. <laughs> it was a small amount. So uh, that was an amusing little. Well, I, just, I just thought that whoever constructed the research, how you came up with the question, let's, let's find out what people, you know what I mean? Let's find out how sex and music are intertwined. <laughs> I mean, that's how they did that. <laughs> all right, what'd you find? Well, I, I couldn't believe it initially, but then I did see it fall into a number of feeds. So the headline is Pennsylvania man. Traffic circles are causing all of these tornadoes. He said tornadoes. <laughs> this was just last week. So he's from Whitehaven, which is up near Scranton. So there was a discussion about climate change and what's going on. Apparently, there have been an awful lot of tornadoes happening in the northeastern corridor of Pennsylvania. So they said uh, scientists aren't exactly sure what's causing all this uptick. So they invited people to call in, call into this uh, TV station. And it's called, uh, it's WNEP's um, video segment. It's, it's called Talkback 16 and WNEP. And so they invite people to call in and give explanations as to why different phenomena are happening or what they feel about a certain or specific issue. So in, in reference to this climate change, this, this one caller, his call has gone viral. And uh, I'll read exactly what he said. <laughs> it's better be good. Well, I didn't have, I, I, I couldn't get the audio because there was too much click, click, click through. So I'll just read it. But this is, this is a transcript of what he said. We didn't have tornadoes here until we started putting in traffic circles. Because on account of the, you want to know why? When people go around and around in circles, it causes disturbance in the atmosphere and that causes tornadoes. So he said that his... That was his direct... Yeah, on the station. And, there, and you're watching the, the, the newscasters sitting there, like, looking at this. Because the cars are going around... Causing a disturbance. A vortex. Got it. Okay. So, obviously, then, this went, ver- went viral, and uh, it, it picked up steam. This was over uh, the end of May, and it picked up steam to the point where there was a radio station in Nashville that uh, caught wind of this, and they invited people to call in in a segment they have called 10-Minute Tune. Okay. It was a band. There's a there's a musical group called the band Steel, and they performed a country version of uh, his phenomenon about the tornadoes. And one of the lines was, "I told you, haters, roundabouts make tornadoes." My F one fifty. I told you, haters, roundabouts, roundabouts make tornadoes. And then they said, "My F one fifty just made an F 5 You think I'm crazy, but the cows are flying. And um, so there was a four minute song they did. So this guy has really become quite the star around the, uh, around the world. Mm, I like that one. I Scranton like that area. one. Scranton area. What? Tornadoes. Tornadoes. I'll go out on a limb. If he did vote. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think he was a Hillary voter. Could have voted for Johnson, Gary Johnson. Hey, speaking of which, I was asking the, the guys in the booth if anybody watched Trump's. Uh, oh, I watched the whole thing. 
I watched most of it. And here's the thing. You didn't have to watch it. You know why? It's the best of. It's a repeat of everything that was said two years ago, even down to when they got to lock her up. I'm like... The airing of grievances. Yeah, the airing of grievances. The only thing I was upset about, we didn't hear anything about Pocahontas. We, we heard about that. Sleepy Joe. We heard about Crazy Bernie. We didn't hear Bill the Wall. Hillary. Uh, well, they did, well, they were chanting Build the Wall before with Mike Pence. I don't okay, know if you heard okay. it with Mike Pence. I didn't hear it with Pence, no. Yeah, yeah there, was, there was Build the Wall, Build the Wall. And by the way, Mike Pence... Didn't 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 Trump shit like put a shiv in the side like a knife in his side when someone said if he runs in you know whatever year it was would you support him he's like I gotta see <laughs> what do you mean you gotta see he's your vice president I gotta see what the field looks like they, they had Huckabee up there to see him drag her up yep yep it is so but there was a reporter who was who went down and waited with the masses to get it in it was a hot humid day with oh, rain was threatened and he said you know what. To these people, it, it's um, it, he he's an abstraction on some level. It's entertainment. It's all these things, but it's not what we think it is. It's it's like they're getting something out of it. Well, it's uh, the new slogan. Did you like the new slogan? Keep America great. Oh, keep America. Yeah, because well, you got to right. get, get a hat. You got to get a new hat. I I oh I forgot about that. There's a Trump store, by the way. I don't know if you know oh that. My God, that means every mug, every hat. Replace them all. It, it, now you got to get a new thing. Get a new one. Now we're it's make it. Now we got to keep it. Okay. Right. Ivanka's got a barge coming from China as we speak. I'm sure with new <laughs> keep America great hats and mugs, and so forth and so on. Business. But you know, here's the thing. Um, what can counteract that kind of, I mean, to the people who love him and there are a lot of people who love the president and, and follow what he does and the Twitter thing and everything. I don't think they're going to think differently. No. You know, and the democratic field is, is the field. And you and I were actually very, we were talking about mayor Pete recently who had an amazing fundraising hall last yeah. month. I mean, it's 7 million bucks and Elizabeth Warren climbing ever and if apparently they're the gop is a little bit worried about her well i don't know why i, I don't see her being presidential i think well, she'd be a great cabinet secretary i don't see her being president you and i like mayor pete i like mayor pete i like biden biden could be perceived as being old i think crazy bernie and and because <laughs> i do think bernie sanders should run as an independent He's an independent. He's not a Democrat. Stop screwing Democrat, up the Democratic yeah. well, that's a whole, election. Yeah. But I, I don't believe in free school and all the other nonsense that – and all it's doing is helping Trump label them socialists. Oh, it plays right into, the, into that, that, that narrative. Yeah. That's the way I wanted to say it, yeah. yeah. Business birthday. Everyone does celebrity birthday greetings, but the Focus Group is the only show in the universe that celebrates business birthdays. So this one, speaking of obituaries – so this, uh, the business birthday today, born today, June 19th in 1954, was Lou Pearlman. Pearlman. Louis J. Pearlman, who's an American record producer. Boy band. And fraudster. Fraudster. He was manager of successful 90s boy bands such as the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. And so his obituary was quite amazing. And it went on forever for all the fraud and everything he did. But just simply, I have to read the one, one sentence. It says, flamboyant con man Lou Pearlman first operated a small travel agency, then a helicopter taxi shuttle service in New York City, a blimp advertising company which lost its blimps one by one in well-insured accidents. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. In a well-insured accident? Okay. He had all these blimps and they would crash. Uh, oh, got to collect the insurance on that one. Right. Then he moved into the music business. His first cousin was Art Garfunkel. Wow, that's not he a bad He saw that you cousin. can make money in the music business. 
And he liked the uh, new, uh, new kids on the block and thought there was a way if he would, could take five talented guys, young kids, and he'd be able to make some money. So he, you know, smartly assembled the first pop group, the Backstreet Boys, in 92, followed by NSYNC, Aaron Carter, O-Town, and the German boy band US5. Is that how you say it? Yep. He operated dozens of sideline businesses, including a, ta a tr talent agency, recording studios, also had um, travel agencies and an airline, just on paper, though. He collected money for those, but they never existed. He sold stock. Big Ponzi schemes. And uh, then he wrote a book about how to be successful. And um, he ended up being sued by every one of the boy bands because at the end of the day, some of these boy bands were making, each person was making about 300000 a year. Yet their sales were in the hundreds of millions. So yeah. So when you just said, at first you say to yourself, if you, let's say a six-member band, right? They're each making three hundred grand. That's not a bad amount of money for a young kid. For young. But they they had you know songs that were top of the charts, right? Yeah, the Backstreet Boys was the most successful uh, boy band, and they said what he did is uh, he would write these contracts where he was producer, talent, scout, booker, and then he would. Fees. Act as if the sixth manager or sixth member of the, the group. Band. So he was also getting fees for uh, what they were doing. So it started with um, he's, he's, he got sued by um, the first boy band, and uh, every single one of them won. It was from the uh, a guy from the Backstreet Boys sued him first. And uh, so he ended up losing, and, and he also had done some investments for them. Which were three hundred million in air quotes three hundred million Ponzi scheme. He was putting money in as investments, and so the judge said he was sentenced to twenty five years. But the judge said to him, "For every year that you, for every million you give back, I'll take a year off your your sentence. Your sentence." So then he then he asked the judge if he could have a uh, two a, a two phones and an internet connection two days a week in his cell. So that he could still manage the bands and manage his, his business, I, you can't make it up. So he no, 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 Tim, and and that was so perfectly said. You can't make that up. Could you imagine the gall of asking the judge for cell phones and, and internet access in prison? Yeah, they said he's, he's lucky if he's getting a roll of toilet paper. Yeah, they said that when they finally caught him. So he before he was sentenced to jail in, in two thousand seven, he was high talented all around Asia. And they caught up with him at a four-star hotel in Indonesia. He signed in as the name A. Incognito Johnson. <laughs> and they said some German tourists recognized him. He got arrested, brought back to the States. He ended up dying. Um, he had a heart attack in jail, so he never served out his, his term. He died uh, after about nine years in prison, August 19, 2016, at 62. I, you know, when you said he was born in 54, um it was struck me that he had, yeah, and he passed away a couple a couple of years ago, right? Yeah, uh, August uh, 2016, August 19th. Yeah, so at 62 is pretty young, in my opinion, and and what a hurt, like nine years in jail. Nine Oof. years, and but he didn't get any reduced sentence. He didn't 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 claim any of the money. But the obit goes on and on and on. I mean, it's just a, it's hilarious almost if it wasn't so real. But uh, when you see some of the things that he didn't got away with, so. Hey, friends of you, or friends of you, if you're friends of the show. If you're friends of the show. If you're friends of the show, you know that one of our supporters here is Deep Discount. 
and right now they're having their site-wide summer sale. Well said, because that's like she's she sells well, she seashells sh by the seashore. Right, so <laughs> site-wide summer sale. Site-wide summer sale, which allows you to own your passion. If you head over to focusgroupradio.com and you click on the deep discount logo, you can start shopping away. And um, I had, I, I don't know why this stuck in my mind, but when I was, I started, I went to the site and I always end up getting lost. We both do. We, we get in there, you start looking around, particularly when it's a site-wide sale. And there was so much talk in the last few weeks about um, June 6th with the, um, the anniversary of the, the, uh, the uh, invasion of Normandy with the D-Day. Uh, yep. I was stumbling on that. And so the movie Saving Private Ryan, I, I thought was something I'd like to see again. I haven't seen it in a long time. I, I, don't, I rarely see it getting played on played on Actually, TV. Uh, TBS or uh, it was Turner Classic Movies ran Pri Saving Private Ryan might have been a week and a half ago. It was the, the, the lead-up. Oh, no, no. Uh, Turner Classic does it without. But it was the lead-up to D-Day. And it's not a bad movie. I loved. I, I think it's a good movie. Right, it has Tom Hanks and uh, also has uh, Matt Damon and several others. But it's a great World War II epic. And um, they said one of the most realistic depictions of war, anybody who's, who's watched the movie or actually experienced that and then watched the movie said that uh, they feel it was one of the most realistic depictions of war. If you can get through the first 30 minutes, it's tough. Well, because it opens right when they're landing on the yeah, beaches. Right yeah, on the beaches. So that was my pick this week. My pick in honor of Tim's picks from the previous two weeks because of Pride Month, I'm going to introduce everybody to a movie that I was shown or introduced to at a film festival a couple years ago. And I was shocked because it's like Deep Discount has everything. But I typed this in and boom, up it comes. And it's a movie called The Killing of Sister George. It's basically a lesbian movie, okay? So there's this older actress, and her name is June Buckridge, and she's played by Beryl Reed. It's British. She's grown smugly complacent about her longtime TV soap opera stint, and on the soap opera, she plays a woman called Sister George. Okay. So this came out in '68. Yeah. As wow. and uh, and she's as she says she's grown bored of and smugly complacent about her her role as Sister George on the soap opera, and she's also kind of complacent about her domineering relationship with dependent young lover Alice, who's played by Susanna York. And in the movie, Alice usually goes by the the, the term childy. So the older British accent, Sister George, childy, come here, take care of me, childy, make me a cup of tea. So a liquor-fueled public scandal, however, gives cutthroat network exec Mercy Croft the leverage to terminate the former, Sister George, and horn in on the latter, Chaldi. <laughs> I'm going to leave it at that and just say it's... You watched it? Yes. There are scenes where they're showing her filming her role, her, her Sister George thing, and she's on a scooter, and it looks like she's driving through little British towns, but it's a <laughs> screen behind her, and then they'll go cut, and then, she, then she'll get off, she'll take a swig of the bottle, she goes, you know, <laughs> kick the scooter. Our kind of movie. It, yes. It, it, trust me, it's, I, I don't know where it falls, if I had to put it like in a John Waters or something else, but it, it's on DVD. Definitely pick it up. I think it's only like uh, fifteen fifty six or something. Well worth a watch. And of course, it's pretty groundbreaking, the fact that this was done. Uh, oh, and before I forget, I shouldn't have said this at the top. It's by director Bob Aldrich, Robert Aldrich. Great director. Um, 
So it's an interesting thing from the have 60s. To get that. Yeah, yeah, I think you. I think that I would like that. There, there are moments where you're like, oh my God, I'm watching The Killing of Sister George. So, And the new release this week, I wanted to see this in the oh, theaters and I didn't, called Us. us. And um, it was about, it wasn't about the, it, is it, would you say it's science fiction? Oh, it's horror. It's horror. Hey, did horror, did but you guys see also... Us at all? Did anybody see Us? I was afraid to see it. But it, it, it's not gory, is it? Is it? Because I, I, the, the, what ends up happening is they get doppelgangers of, uh -huh, family, of the whole family. Yeah. But she starts having premonitions that something bad's going to happen. The family's at Myrtle Beach or something. But I was wondering how uh, you think you'd be scared. Bob is dying to see it. So really? when he when he knew that we, we were should watch that with Richard. Richard loves that kind of movie. Really? Yeah. You and I will go have a cocktail. Well, you know what? We're gonna buy this, and that's what they're gonna do because Bob's like, you gotta get you gotta get us on Blu-ray. Richard loves a horror movie. I'm like, no, nah, there's gonna be blood. There's gonna be that. You know, I I, I like the kind that uh, Shyamalan like Ding Dong, like the the visit or the visit. Which, by the way, I just got on uh, DVD. I'm finally gonna watch it. That's psychological though. Yeah. That's not like oh, yeah. crazy stuff. All right. Uh, own your passion. Visit Deep Discount by going to our site, focusgroupradio.com. Click on the shark logo. Arr, Sharky the shark. I always do a pirate for the shark. I have no idea why. It's hardwired at this point. Yep. And it's a site-wide summer sale. Uh, Tim picked the movie Saving Private Ryan, a really, really great depiction of uh, the, the horrors, actually, of war, right? World War II and yep. the storming of Normandy. Uh, I picked a, a lesbian film from 1968. I, I take that back. It has a lesbian theme to it. There's uh, the couple's lesbian, but it's definitely more than that. It's called The Killing of Sister George. Get it on DVD. And the release this week is Us by Jordan Peele. I, yeah, I'm, I'm scared of it, but we'll get it for Richard and Bob. All right, we're going to take a really quick break, and when we come back, uh, but first, before we go on break, Garrett. <laughs> Thanks, Deep Discount. Oh, that Amtrak took everything off the rails well, today, I tell you. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we got come back, we have a very quick shop talk for you. Or two of them, actually. But You're listening to The Focus Group with Tim and John. Learn more at focusgroupradio.com. Focus on the savvy side of 9 to 5 with the Focus Group. Try, really try. Listen, laugh, and learn with Tim and John. I never try anything. I just do it. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Focus Group. Happy Pride. We're in the middle of Pride here. We're in New York City. Tim Bennett here with my good friend and co-host, Mr. John Nash. Of course, Stephen Garrett in the booth. I'm bringing you live here via the magic. Hopefully, if you're watching on the Facebook uh, live stream or the YouTube or the YouTube YouTube live stream. I don't know which one's better. Some people say the YouTube is better to watch on. I think the quality might be better on YouTube. I, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. So uh, we have a couple of shop talks this week, and uh, one of them actually came from one of our listeners, Jay, in Chicago, in uh, Cleveland, or in in the Ohio area. And the headline is: Supermarket uses embarrassing plastic bags, so customers will remember their reusable ones. So this is in Vancouver, British Columbia, which uh, is north of Seattle. And um, the grocery store there has printed up these bags that have um, slogans that might make you embarrassed to ask for one or to be walking around. So if you're watching on our video feed, you'll see a couple of the bags. But uh, one of them says, into the weird adult video emporium. Another bag was the Colon Care Co-op. <laughs> All right, so wait, the, the adult video one? That's done in that 70s kind of <laughs> porno type. Bam, 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 chicka, bam, bam. It's like porn, you know. <laughs> 
So Vancouver has a single-use um, item reduction strategy, and they're trying to get all businesses to think up ideas on how to reduce use of these one-use, we all know the ubiquitous plastic bags at the, the grocery stores. I thought before I finished reading the article that this would backfire because I would like one of those bags. Would you, John? Well, they're almost like art. Yeah. And there is, I believe they're limited. Like they, it's not, it's not like they intentionally did a limited edition, but I do believe they're like, it's, it's not indefinitely they're going to run these bags. Another bag says, wart ointment wholesale. <laughs> Someone had to sit there and think of these things, right? It reminded me of the, ba- you know, remember Abercrombie and Fitch had those bags in the 90s that had all the kind of half-dressed male models and female models on them? They weren't kind of half. They, well, were, they, were, they were barely and I dressed. Used to, and, and before we did the switchover, when I used to like Abercrombie clothes until they kicked me out as being a customer because of age. And then you'd get one of those bags as they started the crossover from just kind of preppy Ralph and crew type clothing to this, whatever they were doing with little kids clothing. I, I wouldn't carry those bags. So, do you think that the switchover for a Abercrombie and Fitch with those uh, with the Bruce Weber photography—that's yeah. what it was—is was Bruce, Bruce Weber. Weber. Did that happen? Uh, I wanted 90, was that late nineties, early two thousands, ninety four. Okay, so if it was early, if it was early to mid nineties, that was another kind of. Um, I always thought the bags were hysterical because they were always being carried by people from out of town mm-hmm. or tourists. And if you were gay, um, it was it was it's like a stealth show because it was always practically, you know. Well, <laughs> so the deal here, though, I, I understand not wanting to use the plastic bags. I use mine over. People yell at me. I use them for dog waste or whatever. But I remember one time you and I, San Francisco had a similar ordinance. And John and I were traveling to San Francisco. And our luggage was late and wasn't going to get to the hotel in time. So we went out to buy some toiletries at the drugstore. And you and I have got toothpaste and razor blades and, and shaving cream and so forth. And we go up there. And then they wanted us to carry it all out. And we, we needed a bag. Remember yeah, what remember hassle that. it was yeah, to get a bag? Get a bag. Yeah. So if you're a tourist going to a city like San Francisco or one of these other cities that have banned bags, I mean, they took all they could do to find. They finally gave us like a paper lunch bag. Yeah, that's right. That's in. right. That's right. I remember that. But Which I understand that. But there are people that are traveling to your city that need a bag to put stuff in, right? You know, they, they should, if they're banning the plastic, they should just have a supply of paper bags. Paper bags. Because then we know that's recyclable. It's paper. Yeah, I agree. We always had paper before, right? Mm-hmm. When we were growing up, it was all paper bags at the grocery paper. store. So what's the second article? All right. So Tim found an article. Uh, it's on CNN. It's on CNN.com. And it was on CNN. They ran, ran the piece about it. And the headline reads, what it's like to be a white woman named Lakeisha. So these are uh, ethnic or names that sound a certain way that you associate with with you know different types of people. But it's this in her case, it's a white woman, and she's white, blonde-haired, blue-eyed, and her name is Lakeisha from very rural Ohio. Rural Ohio, yeah. And she says it can be exhausting constantly explaining yourself to white people, even though you're white. <laughs> At least one to three times a week, someone is saying something about my name. Lakeisha Francis, 28, bartender, and it's uh, Western Ohio. Her parents named her Lakeisha because they were having a fight about, they couldn't decide what to name her. Uh, and they found this name, and the mother just thought that she liked the name Lakeisha. She never associated the name with anything ethnic or... or um, you know, gender, like she was just a, a normal name to her. It's like, oh, I like this name. 
I typed in the in the in the column. They're stupid. Really? For the mother. Yeah. They couldn't come up with a name, so she just they just random picked the name. True. True. I thought that was stupid. So we Tim and I have talked about this on a number of other shows that we've done, and and there's a line in here that says professors conduct studies on the success rate for job applicants applicants with the names like Jamal. So they've actually done studies that show that um, certain names bump you up, you know, and it's here as a quote, it's a famous experiment in which researchers sent out fictitious resumes in response to actual help wanted ads. Each resume had identical qualifications, save for one variable. Some applicants had white sounding names such as Brendan, while others had uh, black sounding names such as Lakeisha, spelled a little differently. The white sounding applicants were 50% more likely to get calls for interviews than their black sounding counterparts researchers found. Um, and then this woman, who's actually named Lakeisha, the one from uh, uh, Western Ohio, she says she's experienced this kind of bias firsthand. So what else did you take away from the, uh, the piece? Well, I, the thing that bothered her most was, and she was getting it from both sides, she said whether it was African-Americans that thought she was making fun, fun yep. or it was white people who were like, you've got to be kidding me. And my only thought about this, and I, I think this is where parents, and there's been lots of comics, uh, particularly shows like In Living Color or Mad TV that have, have made fun of um, some of the names um, that people use to call their kids, particularly in the African-American community. But the one, that, the one thing that I had experienced was there was a gentleman that I worked with, and he had an unusual name I never heard before. He's African-American. And... Every single time we'd go somewhere or meet He's somebody new him. or a vendor was there and I could sense him getting aggravated because it was like, what's your name again? <laughs> and you spell it. How do you spell it? And How it was spelled it? not like it sounded. Yeah, that's right. And it, and I thought his whole life, all the sure, whole he's time, he's got to go through this. And yeah. this is what uh, Lakeisha had said: is she's she was waiting tables and she was so tired of explaining her name yeah. that she wanted to call herself Emily, just to to go by it. it. But she yeah. said, "That's my name. My parents gave me the name. And she that's what it is." It, yeah. But I used to feel for for the guy I worked with because every no matter without fail. The first thing we had to do before we talked to any business and anything is, what's, what's your name again? Hey, how look, you say we worked with him, and I fell prey to the same thing. How do you spell it? Even what just, it? how do you Where's spell it? it? Where's it come from? What? Uh, okay. I, think we have, I think we have Don from Alabama on the line with a name story. Oh, hi, Don. Hi, guys. Yeah, I, uh, I have a, a boyfriend who was an elementary school teacher in Atlanta, or just outside of Atlanta, and it was first day of class. He's an art teacher, so he's doing role. And he looks down at the name, and he looks up, and there's this adorable little African-American girl sitting in the third chair. He looks back down at the name. He looks back up. Now, if you have a pen and a piece of paper, write this down. Her name was spelled S-H-I-T-H-E-A-D. Oh, I know this one. He said, honey, how do you pronounce your name? And she said, my name's Shathid. Shathid. They're using that now in a lot of... Oh, wait, 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 wait. Shathid? Shathid. Shathid. And that, you know, the New York Times did a story about, that seems to be a popular name now. The other one that goes with that, Don, is A-B-C-D-E. Absidy. <laughs> Can't make it up. 
Absidy and Shafid uh, are two. My mom was a teacher and always told a story that she had a student named Famale because the mom thought the U.S. named your children and they put female <laughs> on the uh, baby. And they guys. pronounced it Famale. Well, so that, we yeah. have well, Shafid, we have Famale. I love that skit in, in, in Living Color, the, 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 the white kind of smoking um, uh, employment agency woman comes out and she's yelling to the female pajamas, female pajamas. <laughs> and finally the girl gets up and says, it's Famale Pajame. <laughs> she's like, whatever. <laughs> Friend of mine oh, in the, the hospital. Friend of mine worked in the hospital. Chris may rest his rest his rest his soul. He delivered two babies. They were twins. They were twin A and twin B, and the mothers called the kids Twinna and Twimba. She said, "Oh, they're already named." Twinna and Twimba. I, I I am shocked at this. I I've never heard the Shethade. Oh, you haven't? No. There was New York Times did a whole thing. Shethade. Shethade. Yeah. Shethade. Yeah. And that's just like, I, you just think every so often he mentions, he says, I wonder where that little girl is now and how many people she's had to ax murder. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, but don't you think, I mean, I feel sorry for her because why do the parents saddle the kids with that, right? I mean, it's just, I don't know. I don't think it's, I mean, I know we're laughing at it because it's crazy, but I can't imagine a, and even these parents that give their kids these other crazy names, um, that don't well, there's, you know, you know, the comedians Key and Peele, there's this whole shtick they do when they play like NBA players or something and they make up these more and more outrageous, names. crazy names you could barely pronounce. Wow, Don, you know, yet yeah, that old boyfriend that uh, was the school teacher, I bet after that day he had to head over to Swingin' Richards for a nightcap or something. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have guys there before it closes. Do you, do you, oh, hey, is that true? Are they closing? Uh, I won't say they're closing, but it's definitely not what it used to be. Yeah, somebody had posted on our Facebook site that it was, you know, go now while you can. Yeah. It's going to yeah. change. Yeah, it's in bankruptcy. Oh. That's what I had heard, yeah. And there was actually a movie I saw on either Netflix or Amazon Prime. It was a documentary about some of the dancers at Swinging Richards and the tight-knit group that they are. But that's yep. a unique place. And we ha do you still have your Swing Riches t-shirt? I wear it all the time. <laughs> I love it. Don sent uh, Tim a swing. We, we all got a bunch of t-shirts. I got NASA. I got a bunch I of forgot stuff. about it. I was walking around the neighborhood, walking the dog with it, and all my all the neighbor ladies were like, whoa, what's that what's place? Swing Richards? <laughs> oh, gosh. Hey, thanks for the call, Don. Thanks, guys. All right. Now Shaseed we... Shaseed Nash. Shaseed. Yeah. Whoa, that is a... An Absidy Bennett. So the article basically, actually Don's call is a perfect wrap-up for the article because that's exactly where they came down on this, which is you can't control the name the parents give you, but it will have an impact yes. on, your, on your passage through life, which is, you know. Which is sad. Well, I don't know. I mean, I, <laughs> yeah, you know, actually, no, I take, you're right. Because if someone had given me <laughs> the name Shathid, Right. Well, and they talked about there was uh, there were, they did a story about a Muslim uh, girl yep. who had to explain as well with her name, and um, and it, it'd be no different than if you gave somebody very, a very old world name here. If you na would would it, would anybody ever give the a kid the name Bertha now? No, yeah. or Ethel or something, mm -hmm. which were popular names, right? Very popular. So, you know, it's the same sort of thing. I heard of, one the other day. I heard someone was named Harriet. Like Harriet is one of those names that's just yeah. it it feels like it's past, you know. I have friends that just named their daughter Hazel. I like Hazel. 
Although when I think of Hazel, I think of Hazel Burke. Yeah. Uh, the 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 was that TV show? Yeah, Hazel. In? Hazel. Yeah. Shirley Booth. <laughs> That's the one. That's the one. All right, we're gonna wrap it up here, folks. Thanks for joining us today. Glad that Tim was able to survive the travails of Amtrak. Down power lines, a microburst brought a tree down. You still pulled into Penn Station. You showed up. You put on your game face, and you gave us the Tim Bennett that we all know and yeah. love. I need to change that. Uh, later, we could change later. Uh, thank you to Deep Discount. Site-wide summer sales going on at the uh, deepdiscount.com. Go to focusgroupradio.com, click on their logo, which is the shark R, and start your shopping. Uh, Tim recommended Saving Private Ryan. I recommended, highly recommend a movie that you should pick up on DVD called The Killing of Sister George. It's in honor of Pride Month. And the new release this week is Us, which Tim and I may not watch. But our other halves will because yes. they like horror films. <laughs> so we're going to pick that up for them. Remember, everybody, to don't text and drive. Always arrive alive. And we are going to see you in the new week. So thanks again for joining us. It's The Focus Group with Tim Bennett and John Nash. Accessible on all platforms. Subscribe, like, and rate us on your platform of choice. Learn more at focusgroupradio.com. That was a stunning focus group.